clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Unreal. Rainbows high and deep into the end zone. And it is caught. Caught, caught for a touchdown. A leaping touchdown catch. There he goes. He'll be chased and he is caught. 97 yards. Does he get both feet in right here at the end, Jim? Oh, are they going to roll it? He caught it. Touchdown. He did what? He did what? He runs to the 50. He runs to the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. We are seeing another spectacular effort by Marino, who fires. Touchdown. Oh, that's loose. Allen steps up. Jumps over the defenders to pick up the first. Says a prayer. Antonio Brown and two other players for Christian McCaffrey, two other players. Now, Christian McCaffrey's biggest scoring game was 25 this year, and his lowest scoring game is 12. And then if we go over to Antonio Brown's stats, let me pull this up real quick. Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown's biggest game this year was 25, and his lowest game was 13. So, I am the the Pittsburgh Steelers are home against the Cleveland Browns and the Carolina Panthers are home against the Ravens. My bold prediction, friends fortune for this week, is that Christian McCaffrey will have at least ten more fantasy points against that vaunted Ravens defense than Antonio Brown will have against the Cleveland Browns at home. That is 10 more, ten or more fantasy points for Christian McCaffrey than Antonio Brown. I don't, All I don't right, know here we go, Josh, in the room. And uh, although we obviously want to be right in our friends' fortunes, I hope I'm wrong this week because I am predicting that uh, we, we talked about Adam Thielen numerous times over the past few weeks. Seven straight games... With 100 yards, it is never to start off a season has never been done by anybody, let alone an undrafted rookie. So the record right now for most consecutive 100-yard games is held by Mr. Calvin Megatron Johnson. Adam Thielen can obviously tie that game or that record right now in this game against the Saints on Sunday night. I hope I'm wrong because I'm predicting that he doesn't get it done. He doesn't top 100 yards in this game. I'm saying this, uh, if we break this down and look at it, Adam Thielen has been playing uh, number two corners and not the best defenses uh, in the league right now. It wasn't until last week when he played 
the New York Jets that they, the Jets finally slid their number one corner away from Stefan Diggs over to Adam Thielen. I think Sean Payton knows how big and important this game is. He knows as an offensive mind what a weapon that Thielen is, and he's going to have Marshawn Lattimore and some help on Adam Thielen. Now I'm hoping, and I would love for Adam Thielen to continue to show what a dominant wide receiver he is, but I think it's not going to happen, and he's not going to get that record right now. So that's my friend's fortune. We'll see you on Sunday night. Hope I'm wrong. Okay. Well, you were. I was <laughs> wrong. Uh, well, didn't he tie the record this week? He has eight. He has eight consecutive games. So he tied Calvin Johnson. Yeah. So he can beat it this week. What's ironic is I, I swear to you, I toyed with that as being one of my, my friend's fortune. Really? Um, but if you're looking for mine. Yeah, let's uh, talk about yours first. Antonio Brown had 74 yards and two touchdowns. So he had 22.93 fantasy points in our fantasy league. Okay, and which is a little bit different, kind of. Christian McCaffrey had forty-five yards rushing and a touchdown, and eleven yard or er, eleven yards receiving and a touchdown for twenty-one point two three points. So they both scored about the same, and McCaffrey still didn't beat Antonio. Brown. Now, did you make that prediction when you still expected to have McCaffrey? And that's why I said we talked about it. We talked about it on Saturday. Um, one of the things that made me hold on a little bit is like, I just made this bold prediction about McCaffrey on my team and I'm going to trade him away. Um, yeah, that's what you don't follow our fa- football league. Um, in our fantasy football league, I traded McCaffrey away to get AJ Green and Jimmy Graham, Jimmy Graham, which I thought, and TJ Yeldon too. TJ I thought Yeldon. that was a pretty I good think trade. It's a fine trade. Uh, that being said, welcome to Simultaneous Catch, friends. Welcome. We are week nine. It is Halloween week, my friends. Yeah, so we're so going to get a little spooky today. We're releasing our episode on Halloween, so happy Halloween if you're listening on yeah. Halloween. And we got some spooky segments in the show today. It's going to be fun. <laughs> uh, so, obviously, we already said that my friend's fortune was wrong. Mm-hmm. Missed it by that much, I will say that. Really? Had 103 yards. <laughs> oh, man. So he caught a one-yard... The last catch he made was a one-yard touchdown catch. Oh, really? Other than that, he caught one pass near the end of the fourth quarter to get into the scoring range. Yeah. That went for about 25. It went It went for 27 yards. Okay. Because he had 75 yards before yeah. that. And I was well, didn't like, he have 75 in the first half? It was... Yeah, he I, got shut down I was going to say, half. they shut him down in the second they half. They got him shut... I feel like it was an element of being shut down. And also, which is strange, because I talked to you about this on Sunday night when we yeah. were watching the game... Because Thielen had the fumble yeah, he did. that led to Saints points. Right. And I've always commended Kirk Cousins for going back to a wide receiver as soon as they make a mistake. He, he did that. it to Stephon Diggs in the same game. But they kind of, I think it was an element of not looking his way and also yeah. tighter coverage in the second half. Well, I don't know who was covering him. I don't know if it was Lattimore that did Lattimore it. Lattimore covered him for a lot. And I was going to say, maybe that's why Kirk was just like, okay, I'm going to start going to Diggs now. And then you guys are going to have to start. And Diggs did have a very big game. He had 11, 11 catches for 100 yards and a touchdown. I mean, he had a great game too. But I will, so just before, lost. <laughs> before the 27-yard catch though, and it was an amazing move by Thielen because he caught mm-hmm. it like 10 yards down the field and like had a great little move to get out into space. Yeah. But it was so close. And I'm glad that he got it. Yeah. But I was so darn close to being right. Yep. But, you know, Adam Thielen continued to prove. He had that amazing catch where somebody was like basically hugging him. I'm pretty sure it was the safety and Thielen just went oh, right yeah. above him and caught it catch. Williams, early on in the game. So, I mean, kudos to Adam Thielen. So he's just continuing to prove how dumb he is yeah. and... And they have a home game against Detroit coming up this week. So maybe he'll 
Good way to get back on track. Maybe he'll get that ninth, ninth straight with I 100 think, yards. I think unless Patricia is darn committed to making sure he doesn't, he will. Yeah. All right. That'll be fun to, fun to monitor. All right. So we're going to do a little rant rave recall. And, uh, yeah, so I'm going to rant. Yeah. I'm going to rant about uh, my team, the Green Bay Packers. And I'm Ooh. going to rant about Ty Montgomery. And I'm so darn angry about everything. So if you don't know, in case you were under a rock, you didn't watch America's Game of the Week. It was a great game. <laughs> it really was. The Green Bay Packers traveled out to take on the undefeated Los Angeles Rams. And it was a game that was just bound to be a shootout. And it, for all intents and purposes, it was. It did not disappoint. It did not disappoint. I will say this. Uh, this doesn't have to do with the ramp, but it's just interesting. This was the biggest underdog team the Packers have been, according to the the over under since Aaron Rodgers has been a starter just a starter the biggest <laughs> underdogs they've been which I think is funny wow. and uh, we can't say for sure but we can pretty safely assume that Aaron Rodgers would have won the game yeah he I, would have pulled off some Aaron Rodgers magic we can't we can't obviously say for certain but I we've mean, seen Aaron Rodgers do it time and time again yeah they were I mean they were down ten in that fourth and they were raring they raged back so basically they. Got the ball back, down by two, two minutes to go in a timeout. That's all the time in the world with Aaron Rodgers. My dad walked into the kitchen and he said, oh, they got this. Mm-hmm. Uh, five seconds that, later. <laughs> five seconds later, Ty Montgomery takes the football out of the end zone on the kickoff and fumbles it. Now, first of all, I said as soon as he left the end zone, I was like, why are you running it out? Yep. Take the knee because then you get the two-minute warning as well. Yeah. He fumbled the football, costing the Packers the game. He doubled down on the decision, too. The, so, in the interview, in the interview afterwards, he doubled down. He said, "I'm not going to kneel on the line. I'm going to take it out." No. Nope. <laughs> Regardless, so what makes it even worse is that the coaching staff told him, "If you're able to do it, if it's in the end zone, take the knee." I understand. Obviously, obviously, you can't do anything if it's at the two. I mean, I guess you could try to let it go into the end zone or whatnot, right. creating the touchback. But you have the opportunity and. I, I guess I kind of understand if you double down to say you're going to try to make a play, but if mm-hmm. you do that, you go. You only need to go at the most what forty yards, yeah, to get into field goal range. Yeah, because you go out to the twenty-five, and you got right. he got nowhere near the twenty-five. Right. I think he was tackled like the ten, yeah, twelve, fifteen. It was not beyond the fifteen. But the fact that his coaching staff told him not to go to do it. it, and he deliberately chose not to because on the drive beforehand when mm-hmm. he gave up. A sack, he was supposed to be protecting Aaron Rodgers. He went the wrong way, right. gave up a big sack to Aaron Donald. So they pulled him, and he threw a tantrum. Mm-hmm. And I think he was saying, like, hey, look at me. I'm a good player. I'm going to make a play. And it cost them such a big, important game. Yeah. And now, ultimately, he's not on the team because of it. he got traded He away. got tra- <laughs> traded, excuse me, to the Baltimore Ravens, which is kind of intriguing, <laughs> I will a, say this. For a 2020 seventh-round pick, by the way. I mean, that. I mean, it's... Th- that goes to show that they didn't even care. Right. They just wanted him gone. They wanted him they off the team. They were so angry with him. I mean, I think part of it goes into Aaron Jones came on in that game and Aaron they felt Jones, comfortable moving still, on. So you have but, two backs. But you're right. I mean, right. I guess they could promote their practice squad player. But still, Ty Montgomery, for the most part, has been an extremely reliable player. I won't say he's been consistent. Yeah. I won't even say at times he's been good, okay. but he, he's been able to be relied upon. Yeah. And at times, I mean, he made the switch from wide receiver to running back. 
I've really enjoyed time on Green. That's kind of why it breaks my heart. I'm not right. necessarily glad he's gone. Right. Although I think going to Baltimore could be, like I said, very intriguing because yeah, I, I feel know. like they could use him in some interesting ways. I don't know how they will, but it'll but be... I mean, I feel like talking about we're not necessarily going to talk about the Ravens today. I mean, right. actually, at some point we might, and I'll talk about Alex Collins later because I've kind of fallen off of that a little bit, which breaks my heart as well. <laughs> but I'm just so darn. It's just so frustrating yeah. because you know the weapons that you have on that team when right. you have Aaron Rodgers right. when you've seen Aaron Rodgers do it time and time again mm-hmm. where you could have beaten the undefeated team to get a pretty good I don't want to say leg up in the division because it's such a tight division yeah, and it's right really now cl- it's all within one game but it's just I I, I can't take it that what bothers me the most is that is you being selfish as you as a player above your team and that's yeah. what it comes down to me. He didn't care about the team. Yeah. He cared about himself. And that, that bugs me. Yeah. So, in a way, it, I'm sad that Ty Montgomery's gone. But in a way, I'm just glad that, you know, you did a boneheaded thing. And uh, now you're probably on not as good a team because of it. I mean, they're definitely not. He's definitely on not as good a team. I mean, in, record, my, in my opinion. Record-wise, he's on a better team. <laughs> but, you know. Wow. Going, yeah. Well, take glad, it away. Glad you got that off your chest, my friend. Thanks. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I'm not going to get reared up today. I'm just going to be mellow, cool, and calm today. And I'm going to give a little... That's just you today. I feel like I'm going to give a little rave to Mr. Adrian Peterson. All right, tell me about it. Mr. 33-year-old running back Adrian Peterson. And I I have loved Adrian Peterson for pretty much his whole career. Uh, Loved the season where he won MVP. I thought that was awesome. You know, he almost broke the rushing record back in 2012 with 2,097 yards. I wish he would have done it. Yeah, I, I think almost everybody wanted him to do it. Um, but in the last few years, uh, you know, when he he went the his last year with the Vikings, he got injured. And then last year with the Saints, and then he was traded to the Cardinals. And he came on a little bit with the Cardinals, but then he got injured again. Um, people thought his career might be done. And now he's just resurging his career now with with Washington and it's really awesome to see in this past week 26 carries 149 yards and a touchdown and a receiving touchdown also against the New York Giants in New in in MetLife uh, I it's just it's awesome to see and he continually said in his last season with the Vikings and when he was with the Saints last year and then he was with Arizona he said again and again there's so much more left in the tank I have so much left to give and nobody really believed him or, or really gave him Gave him the shots, especially after he got injured. And, you know, Washington took a flyer on him after Darius Geis, the third-round running back out of LSU, got injured in the preseason, who we we both thought was going to have a problem for a big season. Yep. Went down with an injury. They needed running back help. They go to AP, and AP's been running AD all day. And I think it's I think it's really awesome. And I just want to give a little bit of a rave to you, Adrian. I hope you're listening. But uh, <laughs> proud, of, proud of what you're doing this year with, you know, he's got 587 yards, 4.6 yards of carry, and four rushing touchdowns. It's just, uh, it's really awesome. Really awesome to see. Yeah, I will say, just want to uh, correct something real fast. Yeah. Darius Geis was a second-round pick. Oh, was he? Okay. Yes, was a second-round running back pick. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm all about that, too. I feel like that's a great team for AP to go to. It is. such a great offensive line. The one thing I will say that I'm worried about is I feel like that carry totals too high wear on the tires i don't want them i mean like they're it's only week nine you're halfway through the season 
don't don't yeah. run him out so quickly right now. It's, you do it, have Chris Thompson. You still have some good, not great backs. I mean, you have P. Ryan, who ha- is a bit of a grinder yeah. uh, in a way. So I mean, like AP is a great talent. Yeah. But don't don't use them all. And all I will at the say, beginning of the season, it's the third time that he's had twenty plus carries this year. The second time he's had twenty six. Week one, he had twenty six against the Cardinals. Okay. Last week, he had twenty four against the Cowboys. And then you have 19 against the Packers, 17 against the Panthers. So he's getting utilized a, a lot. lot. Yeah. So Which I understand. I mean, it's an Alex Smith-led offense. If you have that big bell cow back, you're going to hand it to him. Absolutely. We'll definitely do those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, but you're right, I'm that's excited. A good, that's a great point to make. It really is. I think he's running behind a great offensive line that can but utilize his I, running style. And I think it's- another interesting thing I want to point out, too, is though the times he's gotten more carries – his average rush has gone up. Wow. Okay. And the times that he's had 15-plus carries, I'm looking at uh, 4 yards a carry, 6.3 yards a carry, 5.7, 4, 5.7. Those are all the times he had over 15. The times he had under, 1.5, 1.8. So it's interesting that that's kind of what AP has been his career. He gets going and he gets downhill and he starts rolling. So, I mean, so you're right. It is interesting to monitor see how – much you know wear and tear he's had in his legs in his career, from yeah. going especially going forward. But uh, giving a little rave to Adrian Peterson today, I well well deserved. All right, uh, we're gonna get our our second guest on the show here. Yes, sir. Uh, we're gonna bring in our our Texans correspondent mm-hmm. uh, Corwin, a good friend of ours. So we're gonna get him connected on the phone and uh, let's get this thing rolling. Corwin, how are we doing today? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Thanks for being on the show, buddy. We appreciate it. So we're gonna dive, gonna dive right into this. Uh, so you're, like we said, our Houston Texans guy. So we'll recap. Uh, last week, Miami Dolphins traveled to take on the Houston Texans on Thursday Night Football. Deshaun Watson, a career game, five touchdown passes, all over the field. It was great to see him moving around, looking healthy. Tell us your thoughts on that game. It would be great, mainly, to see the uh, Deshaun Watson that we knew existed, you know, again, that we saw last year slinging the ball all over the place. And it kind of uh, does a little bit over this season, you know, just making those big, deep passes to Fulton and Hopkins, picking up the first downs with his legs. You know, really happy to see him back as up. Yeah, that's awesome. It was uh, it was fun to watch, even as a Dolphins fan. Uh, it was just good, like you said, to see him back healthy. That's something that uh, I've been waiting for, just because I, I like him as a player. So I'm glad to see, hopefully, now that he's had kind of the mini-bye week, as they call it, on Thursday Night Football, mm-hmm. he can continue to get even healthier, and uh, we see that moving forward. So you, you mentioned Will Fuller there, which is unfortunate that he tore his ACL in the game, but... The Texans today at the deadline made a huge move uh, on the trade deadline. They traded away uh, a seventh round, or is it a fourth and a seventh round pick, and got Demarius Thomas and a seventh round pick back. So, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think they gave up too much, just the right amount? And how do you feel about having DT on your team now? I definitely think we gave a good payment for it. I don't feel like we're going to be losing much by giving around a fourth and seventh round i definitely would have much rather have had uh deshaun jackson hmm. uh, even though he's not you know being traded anymore i feel like he would have been much more suited to uh fill the hole that fuller had as a sort of deep ball threat 
especially because Watson's deep ball accuracy is so good. Very interesting. But any, any, I, I'm still happy about us grabbing somebody like Demarius Thomas. Any sort of good weapon we can get around Watson is the better. So uh, I don't know if you're aware of this, but Josh and I have a running bet going on this season between Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders that one will finish with more receiving yards than the other. Do you think that this helps my bet that Demarius Thomas will have more receiving yards than Emmanuel Sanders? No. <laughs> I, I agree. It's, it's Sanders is, I mean, even more now, he was the clear-cut number one in temper. Okay. And now, like, uh, and I don't see Demarius Thomas taking away any targets uh, from Hopkins at all. Maybe sure. a couple on, you know, some some like shorter medium passes, but I think he might get a little bit more target volume than he did in Denver, especially since he has a much upgraded quarterback. Totally, absolutely. All right. Yeah, Corwin, I'm going to ask you one more question before we uh, get to our our pick segment and move forward. So uh, the first half of the year, Deshaun Watson, obviously not against Miami, but he was one of the most sacked quarterbacks in the league. I if not the most sacked quarterback, and I feel like that led to a lot of the struggles. What do you think, how is that corrected? Obviously, even during the winning streak, the beginning, he was still beat up, but uh, are we seeing a positive trend in getting that fixed? And uh, what what do you, what have the coaching staff done differently to uh, correct that problem? A lot of it has been shuffling around our offensive line. Going into the season, we had, you know, already ranked one of the worst offensive lines in football. Okay. And that became very clear for the uh, first couple weeks of the season. Um, one of my favorite sports reporters in general, uh, but he focuses on the Texans. His name is Patrick. He's on uh, Twitter at, at PatDStat. Amazing sports reporter in general. He's constantly breaking down film, looking at it. You know, it's very close for the team. And he's definitely credited um, – shuffling around putting you know linebackers here and there and then also having them play harder cool fair enough fair enough so uh sort of wrapping up again before we get to the picks where, where do you see this texans team at the end of the year you don't have to give us like a solid number prediction or anything but where do you see this team ending up this year um i do see us it taking the division okay i think I, I think it'll be a tight race at the end with the Colts. Ooh. Okay. Wow. I, they've, I definitely see them uh, you know, playing much better and better, especially now that they have a healthy Marlon Mack that's taking a lot of pressure off of Luck to Fair. constantly throw the ball. Yeah. Um, I do think Texans, still they have a better defense at least, so I think they can still eke out a division mm-hmm. uh, title against them. Unfortunately... Um, I do think we lose in the wild card round to yeah. the Chargers. Oh, okay. I I don't think it'll be a blowout, but I mean, I, I in general, I see the Chargers locking up a wild card spot. Yes, uh-huh. and it, I believe it would be played in Houston since I. Unless, you guys would have won the division, yeah. Yeah, which I mean, unless we really go on a tear and can somehow lock up the three seed, because I imagine uh, the Chargers will get the five seed. Okay, all right. Well, that's fun. I like that. I like yeah. the little prediction. That would be a fun game to watch. Uh, all right, Corbin, so we're going to go to our little pick segment here. We'll start with your team. Uh, is Houston traveling to Denver? Houston's traveling to Denver this Sunday to play the, the Broncos. Give us a score. Uh, 
I predict a score of 27 to 17 in favor of the Texans. All right. Does DT score one of those touchdowns? Little DT I'm revenge be game? Say yes. Hey, right. okay, okay. Love okay. it. <laughs> I, I will honestly be more surprised than not if he actually does, given that, you know, he only has about three or four days to get familiar yeah, with the playbook. Just go catch the ball. But, yeah. <laughs> all right, how about uh, the Miami Dolphins uh, hosting the New York Jets? See, this one's definitely a tough one for me. Yeah. It is a tough game. I, I, uh, I predict that the Dolphins will eke out a very close victory, uh, 27 to 24. Okay, yeah, there we right. go. All right, that's I'm a... like maybe maybe, maybe a, a last minute field goal by a big chuck by Brock Lobster there. <laughs> okay, so last and certainly least, the Buffalo Bills are hosting the Chicago Bears this weekend, and the early reports are that Nate Peterman will probably be under center. <laughs> so have fun with this one. Jesus. Um, I mean, as far as I can tell, there are still key pieces of the Bears defense that are still hurt, mainly Khalil Mack. So I'm not imagining, you know, a massive blowout, although, you know, Mitch Trubisky has been on a fire lately. Um, and I think it will be a good test for him against this Bills defense that's really, really, you know, started out the season strong and it just got better and better. There we go. That's true. Um, I think, especially with... Uh, Nate Peterman under center will still be a very you know lower scoring game. <laughs> I'm imagining the Bears coming out on top, uh, fourteen and nine. Oh, right. okay, all right. And one of the and one of those fourteen points or six of it at least will be a pick six. <laughs> yeah. Well, we didn't ask you to go out on a limb on that one, but whatever. <laughs> it's a very safe limb, Corwin. Don't worry. You can jump up and down on that branch; it won't break. <laughs> Well, <laughs> thanks very much for, for, for joining us on the show today, Corn. We appreciate it. Yeah, buddy. Thanks a lot. My pleasure. I love the show. I'm glad to finally be on. All right. You take care. Maybe we'll have you on again soon, okay? Absolutely. Have a great day, guys. Take All care, right. buddy. Like a lot of insight about, about the Texans. It's, it's nice to hear, but I mean, I we, we've joked that we're, we're pseudo-Texans, <laughs> pseudo-Texans fans. fans, and I like to see them doing well. I mean, five straight wins, but he had some good insight, and uh, glad we had him on the show. Yeah, I mean, we text... Uh, we sent a few text messages today back and forth, and we were talking about the Texans, which I don't even think we were thinking necessarily about talking to Corwin, but no. we said we, obviously we knew the Texans were not the team to start off the season. Right. We knew they weren't a winless team. Yeah, yeah it's too much talent. It's way too much talent. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm glad to see they're getting the ball rolling because I knew if they, obviously, I don't want to sound like this is this is a silly statement because if they continue to losing it, Bill O'Brien had to go right. because there is way too much talent. Right. But I think we're both relatively fans of Bill mm-hmm. O'Brien, our yeah. Penn State connections and yeah. whatnot. But I'm glad to see that those pieces are starting to uh, starting to make a full picture. Well, uh, speaking of teams with too much talent that you can't just seem to put it together, the Cleveland Browns Who? fired not only their head coach but their offensive coordinator, which was interesting when we were talking about this, uh, I believe it was yesterday, right? Yeah, yesterday morning. Yesterday. And when I saw Hugh got fired, we talked about it, and I said, you know, I was surprised it wasn't Haley because there was a lot of talk. And then 20 minutes later, Todd Haley was fired. So, so Greg, I'm, I'm curious to get your your take on that. Yeah. Because I feel like it might be a little bit different than mine. 
Well, I mean, I was a I was a proponent of Hugh being fired in this past offseason. I, I really agree. thought that they needed to just start fresh with John Dorsey coming over from Kansas City as the new GM of the Cleveland Browns. Did I thought an excellent job in the offseason in making trades and picking up people in terms of Jarvis Landry and Tyrod Taylor. And while some people may have thought that they gave up too much for Tyrod in the third round pick, at the top of the third round, I still thought it was great moves to get veteran proven talent in there. And then their draft was excellent, I thought. I love the picks of Denzel and Baker. Well, although some people may have looked at it and thought, oh, why are you taking those guys instead of maybe a Bradley Chubb or a Sam Darnold? Um, I mean, I still would have liked to see Chubb, I think. Right. But but at the same time, you and know. Denzel I, Ward is balling. Don't get me wrong. So he's made, he's made a lot of really nice moves, and I thought it would have been nice to – to get your own coach coordinator combo in there, and, and he rolled with with Hugh and continuity, and I tipped my hat to continuity, and I said, you know what, it's underrated. See what happens, and you know they started off pretty solid, two two and one, and they had that game against the Chargers, and I thought they were really going to start rolling and, and 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 continue, and since then they lost two more games, and it's just kind of kind of fallen off a little bit, and so I think that. I don't like the idea of Greg Williams taking over as interim. I don't, I don't who, either. Who, who was named as interim. I don't like that. Um, I love all the puns that are going to happen with uh, Freddie Kitchens as the offensive coordinator with Baker Mayfield. Big fan of that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, but that being said, I just think that the Browns are the Browns are once again a hot mess, and it's unfortunate that for once I really think that it, they're a hot mess solely because of coaching because they have a lot of talent on that football team for once. Yeah, for for sure. So obviously, the firing of Hugh Jackson's big in a way. Um, I mean, he went three thirty six and one in two and a half years of of his head coaching career or tenure with the Cleveland Browns, and that's uh, according to ESPN. There's only been one coach that has coached in that longevity that has a worse coaching win percentage. And that is dating. I don't know the name. Oh, okay. Uh, I thought you were about to hit me with the name. <laughs> I, I don't have the name, but it was a Philadelphia Eagles coach from the 1950s. Okay. <laughs> so we're going back very early on in what the National Football League was. Uh, so obviously the business was different back then. Yeah. But we've never seen something quite like this. Uh, it was funny. I think somebody, a beat reporter for some team, tweeted out. I, it may have been the Browns, but they said, you know, in a way, what was the record? Three, three thirty-six and one. Three thirty-six and one. He's like, in a way, that's the most impressive coaching career of all time that you were able to hold on to your job for that long, uh, losing that many games. So, <laughs> I don't know. It makes me sad because I think we're fans of Hugh Jackson as a person. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he's against him. Guy. I just don't think he's that great of a football coach. I think he's a great offensive coordinator. Right. Great offensive coordinator, just not necessarily, I mean, he's a player's coach. Mm-hmm. I like seeing the way he interacted with his guys on the sidelines and head in, in, in hard knocks, seeing those things. I like the way that he interacted with Des Bryant when Des Bryant came to Cleveland, but obviously just wasn't getting it done. Now, I so tell me your thoughts on, on the Todd Haley firing. So, I've never been a big fan of Todd Haley, and I don't understand, and I was listening to the Rich Eisen show yesterday while I was driving around, and Deion Sanders was the guest host, and he made a really interesting comment uh, that we don't have to get super into, but Todd Haley's been pretty mediocre in most of his offensive coordinating career. Oh. Uh, if you look back, he hasn't had any incredible numbers since the early time with Ben in that offense. Okay. Okay. and it's interesting that, you know, 
I feel yeah. I I don't want I don't want to say this incorrectly, but he said if Hugh Jackson had been in the position of Todd Haley, he would have been fired a lot earlier. Okay. Being being a black coach than oh. a white coach, and he made it. And he made, it was an interesting point being made because Todd Haley has bounced around from coordinator job to coordinator job and hasn't really been spectacular anywhere. And it was sort of an uninspired run with the Kansas City Chiefs when he was the head coach. And the yeah, he keeps you know kind of getting on. And I I mean I'm I'm with you a thousand percent on Hugh Jackson being a great offensive mind, and I hope that he finds another job as a coordinator somewhere. But I just I find it interesting if he that wants to, he will and. And regardless of why this happens, I just think that Hugh Jackson's a way better coach than Todd Haley, and yet Todd Haley seems to always find more and more jobs, in my okay. opinion. Um, and I mean, I no, don't necessarily agree. Both have been employed equally just as much. But but when he was fired first, I was really, really confused because I didn't understand why he would be fired and not Todd Haley, um, because I believe Haley deserved to be fired more than than Jackson with okay. all those weapons. But that being said, the the Browns are just a mess right now and I, and I I think there's a there's some hope because they had a very good draft and a very good offseason and they have a lot of good pieces they're just going to have to get the right guys in there for next season, you know. And they have a lot of picks and a lot of cap room. So. Yeah, they do. I'll say this. I I mean, I don't I don't know statistics. I don't know statistic right. statistically how Todd right. Haley's done as an off, offensive coordinator, but yeah. I don't mind what he brings to the table. Okay. I will say this, and this is this is what I gather. This is, as this was all breaking yesterday, this is what I thought. Yeah. Hugh Jackson was fired because of results. Yeah, that's Todd true. Haley, in my opinion, okay. was fired because of attitude. I mean, he's always had that. And, and... He's always been a hothead. He yells at his players. He is aggressive mm-hmm. to the point where it's like, come on, settle down, Haley. That's that's my take on it. I think it. that was the point that that Deion Sanders was making. I think I, I misspoke there, so I apologize. Okay. But I think that the point that he was making is that, you know, if Hugh Jackson would have been that kind of coach, he would have been fired earlier instead okay. of Haley because Haley does this everywhere. Sure. You Absolutely. Know, he he does know. do it everywhere. So that's what I want to say. Keep I on. again, so I don't I don't know statistic wise if you if um, if he has been a bad if his offensive haven't produced, but as far as I know they have. Yeah. I mean he got Kansas City to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh I believe so this was 2010 with the Kansas City Chiefs. They went 10 and six, and they lost the playoff game. Did they? So they lost the wild card game. Yeah, they lost okay. the wild to the. It was to the Ravens because that was the Ray Rice game. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Regardless, so yeah. I mean, in Pittsburgh, I feel like he had a pretty. I mean, he had a lot of talent, but I feel like he used those pieces well. Mm-hmm. I was excited for him to come to Cleveland. I thought it could have been good, but like I said, I think ultimately it came down to bad attitude, mm-hmm. and it just wasn't mixing with what they were trying to do. Yeah. Uh, with the organization with the way the organization was going so mm-hmm. that's that was what i thought when all that was happening again i feel like i said i don't know if it, you could hear it as you were talking because i was talking at the same time as yeah. you if hugh jackson does want to continue coaching mm-hmm. i don't think he'll be a head coach again i think from his from his tenure in oakland and mm-hmm. cleveland they've seen that he's not head coach material yeah but a great offensive mind and if he wants to be a coordinator mm-hmm. he will okay but i think that's going to be his decision um, who knows what will happen to Haley? I don't know. I mean, again, like I said, I don't think from a coaching mind he's bad, but I think he just has the bad attitude. Yeah, and that's, yeah. And it ran him out of Pittsburgh. Big Ben wanted him out because Big Ben was tired of getting yelled at. 
I think Cleveland tried pouncing on what is a good mind and also to try to get into the Pittsburgh locker room a little bit yeah. with that. Yeah. And uh, ultimately, it just didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So what I'm worried about most with, with all these moves is just what's going to happen with Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I don't want this to stunt his growth in a way. And I understand all the moves because, he's, they, like you said, they started out pretty well. Baker was playing fairly consistently. I mean, he's been played getting, well the last couple weeks. But he's been getting beat up. Yeah, it's true. He's been throwing more turnovers than he was to start. I think he's trying to force the ball a little bit more. Uh, not that this has anything to do with, obviously, Todd Haley and Hugh Jackson can't be controlling the mm-hmm. decisions that right. their quarterback is making. But right. I don't know. And again, like you said, I'm not a huge fan of Greg Williams taking over. Yeah. I really wanted them to, when they were when they just got rid of uh, Jackson at first, I was like, good, let each coordinator just continue to coordinate yeah. and have somebody else kind of come in and do uh-huh. the head coaching things. Um, so, But they do have a lot of defensive talent, they do. so maybe Williams won't have to worry about that so much. Yeah. I'm not sure if they named a defensive coordinator. I was reading that Williams' son... Um, Freddie, or no, no, you said Freddie Kitchens, Kitchens is taking over as offensive coordinator, yeah. but they're saying Blake Williams may take over as defensive coordinator. Okay. I don't know if that's been announced. Okay. So I feel like if yeah. that is the case, I think those two could have a good yeah. communication to to continue yeah. have that defensive jiving. Mm-hmm. It, it'll be interesting, but more just Cleveland Browns. You gotta just kind of feel bad, but in the same way, I mean. You've said it a ton of times already. They have a ton of talent. Yeah. And I think next year, if they can just get the right person in there. Yeah. And in a way, maybe it's smart because uh, for the, I don't want to, I don't, I don't know the number, but we'll just pretend and say the hundredth time the Cleveland Browns are going to have the biggest head start. Yeah. To look for their head coach compared to other teams, yeah. so they're going to be able to start getting out there and doing that work now. So maybe, maybe it pays off. I, I do want to I do want to say because I brought up the numbers on oh, Todd Haley's for sure. offenses, um, up until he took over as coordinator for Pittsburgh in uh-huh. 2012, uh, his highest ranked offense in terms of points scored was 13th. Okay. Uh, every other one was lower was lower than that, including two years where um, he was ranked 27th and then 29th and then sure. 27th again. And in his last four years as a coordinator, he was seventh, fifth, and seventh, and then now twenty sixth. So I don't know what the, I don't think that completely ties in with the narrative that I was saying. But at the same time, kind of sorta, kind of sort of been inconsistent as a coordinator. In, I just, inconsistent. I mean, he's relied on talent, which I feel like you can say about a lot of coordinators. Well, I was going to say in his huge, and in, in in terms of yard, in terms of terms of yardage, his last five years since two thousand fourteen. Excluding 2018, his last four years as a coordinator with Pittsburgh, fourth, ninth, seventh, and third in terms of yards. So, but again, when you have Le'Veon and AB and and, yeah. and Big Ben, but at the same time, I just wanted to say that I just think that Todd Haley has been very inconsistent. He's been a hothead wherever he's gone, for sure. And I think that in terms of his play calling, it's sort of a I don't want to say use the word relic, but in in a, in a league where innovation is becoming the new. The, the new thing and the new fad in terms of Sean McVay and, and Kyle Shanahan. And we talked about this a little bit in the last couple of weeks. I really think that you need to start figuring out a way, more innovative ways to, to, to use your offense and use your weapons. And he was showing to not be able to do that as much. Sure. Well, we will see if Haley continues to uh, possibly ride off the the coattails of his dad yeah. in, his, in his Haley family lineage name. Mm-hmm. 
We'll see if he uh, finds a job somewhere. If not, well, I don't know. <laughs> All right, let's talk some trades, my friend. All right. we, uh, we were really excited about this. We kind of talked about it a little bit with Corwin, but let's get a little more in-depth with it because we were excited because uh, the trade deadline was 4 p.m. Mm-hmm. We're recording this a little bit. Uh, I mean, right now it's a little bit before 6 p.m., so closed just a few hours ago and we got mm-hmm. some moves to talk about yeah and i uh i honestly thought there weren't as many there weren't as many moves as i thought there were going to be i agree i thought there were going to be more but obviously headliners are demarius thomas going to the houston going texans. to the houston texans we have dante fowler from the jags being sent over to the rams as if they needed more time right on don't the like that that's gross um golden tate was the big surprise for me from detroit being sent over to philly to that. bolster that wide receiving core. Um, what are the ones we got here? Haha, ha, Clinton Dix going That's right. to uh, Washington. Washington, Obviously. as if they needed more defensive talent. Right. <laughs> Talked about uh, Ty Montgomery going over to more Ravens. Were there any other ones? I think that's all of them. I mean, that's what happened today. So out of these names, let's, let's take out DT because we, we talked about, about that him. with Corwin. Tell me who you think is the biggest winner right now. As a player okay. and the biggest loser, I don't want you to say team. Okay. Who went to the best position and who kind of got screwed? So, winner as a player taking out Demarius Thomas. I think winner as a player has to be Dante. Defeated team left in the NFL, and you get to be in a rotation with all those other defensive line about running your your tank empty, and you're just going to keep rotating in with those guys. You're going to get plenty of opportunities to get sacks and pressures with Aaron Donald and Dominican Sue right up the middle there. Yeah. You know, and, and you get to, again, you get to ride the curtails of the undefeated team. So I definitely, for me, Dante Fowler would be the biggest winner. Okay. For me. I think the biggest loser in terms of players is going to be Golden Tate. Really? And, we t- and, and what we're saying is that I think that, I don't think Golden Tate has been the be- I don't want to say the best teammate, but I feel like at times Golden Tate has been known to be a little bit selfish as a player. Okay, and we just talked about it a little bit before air. You mentioning that you know the Philly has all these other receivers. He's he's gonna be fighting for targets with Nelson Aguilar, and that's not something he's necessarily always enjoyed. Exactly, and, and Jordan Matthews and Alshon Jeffrey, who's been coming on hot lately. So I think the biggest loser has to be him when you know. The Eagles have passed more of late with their injuries at running back. Absolutely. Yeah. That being said, you know, Detroit was throwing a ball a lot all the time because it's Matt Stafford and you're just getting consistent targets and catches. And I believe he, most of his games this year, had five catches or more. So he's just very involved. And I don't think he'll be quite as involved in, in Philadelphia as he was in Detroit. So I think if you had to pick a biggest loser, it would be Golden Tate. Okay. I agree with those answers, so I'm going to okay. cheat a little bit with mine because okay. okay. I'm not going. I feel like you nailed it on the head for what happened today. All right, so I'm going to go back <laughs> earlier in the week okay. and cheat a little bit. I think the biggest winner is cornerback Eli Apple. That takes that pressure off. I feel like Eli Apple. He came out and had a really great rookie season. Yeah, and I think I'm not sure if the pressure that led to him regressing a little bit, or maybe it was just completely natural. I'm not sure. So I don't think he has to carry as much weight on his shoulders right. per se. Right. But I mean, to go from from a team where the first couple of years, I mean, like you talked about New York, I don't think anybody was like they're new or they're Super Bowl winning. Mm-hmm. But if they got to the playoffs, we've seen Eli do it before. So yeah. all you needed to do was get there, and then they had those weapons. Yeah. So, but now the last two years, they've kind of been a dumpster fire. Yeah. So now you're going probably to your best shot at getting to a Super Bowl. 
uh, in Eli and, Apple's career. And if I'm right, you were going to win the Super Bowl. So there you go. I think the biggest loser uh, is Carlos Hyde, running back. Oh, I mean, he got traded yeah. from Cleveland yeah. to Jacksonville. Now I feel like that's not necessarily record per se or anything like that, because obviously Cleveland's not blowing anybody out of the water the way Jacksonville is. But I think Carlos Hyde wanted to prove something yeah. this year, and to start off, he, he was. was pretty hot. Yeah, he was. I think Carlos Hyde is a prideful player. I think in his years in San Francisco, he was a bell cow back, dealt with some injuries at times, Mm -hmm. but was very consistent when he was on the field. He was able to chug away things. He was improving as a pass catcher. And like you said, early on in in his time with Cleveland, he was very reliable. Now I feel like you're going to a situation where I kind of talked about a little bit uh, to start off or during last week, but you're kind of being used as a rental, and it's really interesting. I'm still not positive what's going on with Leonard Fournette, but they're saying he should be able to come back after the bye I was going to say. That's what they're saying. I mean, you had TJ Yeldon, who's already your change of pace. And a great pass catcher out of the backfield, too. great pass catcher. (laughs) I mean, you're you're saying Carlos Hyde's gone, or is he going to stay? I think he'll be gone. Okay. But, I mean, I think it just hurts because I think Carlos Hyde – like I said, he will get signed if they do. Oh, cut he'll it. go somewhere. Yeah, he will. But I think the reason he's the biggest loser in this kind of situation is because he won't be able to. He he lost out on money. Yeah. Because they yeah. he won't be getting the touches. Be like, hey, look at all of this that I can do. Absolutely. There's a sample size, mm-hmm. and maybe somebody will go based on potential, but they won't be able to go based on production necessarily. So I think he lost out there. So I, that's my, that's my answer. It's for that. funny. Uh, it's funny that you asked player, not team, because. Had I yeah, s- just throw it out for me. Because I wanted to say something. Ironically, I think one of the biggest winners is Philadelphia. Okay. Because they already have weapons and you had another one. And I wanted to make this point because it's That's funny really that, yeah, I, that like I think that. that Golden Tate, you know, as a player, you're the biggest loser because you're not going to be getting yours. Sure. You know what I mean? But I wanted to make this point that since 2014, uh, Golden Tate has 2,790 yards after the catch which is the most by 400 yards. Wow. So he's clearly the best yards after the catch wide receiver in the NFL right now. Yeah. And he has 108 total avoided tackles, which is the most by 27. So when you get him the ball in space, he does incredible things with it. Yeah. And so if you're Philly and you've been struggling offensively and you don't have you know, the as talented a backs as you did when you had Sproles and Ajayi back there who both got injured, uh, and Sproles, I believe, should be back soon. But regardless, is you can move Golden Tate around. You can use him out of the backfield. He's been used as a running back before. You know, he was used as a running back heavily in, in college at Notre Dame as well. So you can use him in all these different ways and put him in the slot and give him the ball in space. So I think that Philly's a huge winner to get a weapon like this for, I believe, only a third-round pick. And they have a, a lot of picks next year, so they don't. it's not really that much that they gave up in terms of what they already have in their arsenal. But it's just, I don't think Golden Tate's going to be happy necessarily being the third or fourth option at times, depending on where the reads go in the offense. Okay. But I think, Philly, you got yourself a bona fide receiver, a guy who does it. You get at the ball in space, I just gave you the numbers, it's proven he's one of the best. So sure. I think that they're a big winner, which is ironic. That I've said that he was the no, I love that. I, I, I think that that's very extremely interesting. I'm glad you said something. I'll say this then. Uh, I won't talk about it too much. And this is people might disagree with me, and I understand if they do. Yeah. My biggest team loser, and this is interesting. Wait for it. 
the Los Angeles Rams. Oh. And, I'll, and, and so, obviously, they acquired a player that, at least coming out of the draft, that I loved. I, I'm sad that he Dante lost his Fowler. rookie season. Yeah. I loved him coming out of the draft. Yeah. You're right with all the things you said about him. A third and a fifth round pick, I believe. Yes, that's what it was. But that's what I hate about it. Yeah. Is that they've already made so many moves to get rid of picks that yeah. they are banking on these players to go win the Super Bowl. Was... Which they very well may. It's possible. Yeah. But I think seeing what we saw this week in Green or with Green Bay traveling to face them, they're not as unbeatable as their 8-0 record suggests. Yeah. You talked about it last week in your pal's pick when you picked Green Bay to take over. They haven't necessarily played the toughest talent. Yeah. And so when it comes to playoff time, and this is going to be a lot of guys that haven't been in that experience. Mm -hmm. They haven't had that that weight necessarily. Right. Um, So I don't like when you're banking on players because now when it comes to the draft, you're going to be like, oh, well, we're going to select one guy this year. Uh Uh-huh. And so, I mean, they have a ton of talent. You can't deny that. Yeah. But you're not really allowing yourself to build for mm-hmm. anything in the future. So you're yeah. banking on right now. Right. And as my personal philosophy, I don't like that. So And pulling up I pulling up the, the Rams future draft picks next year they have their first round pick, but their second round pick Oh I was... thought that's what they traded to get Cooks. No, 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 no. They they traded their first round pick this past year to get Cooks. Oh, okay. So okay. they well, have their two, not they as have, big a deal. They have their first round pick next year, but they their second round pick was sent away for Marcus Peters. Their third round pick was in the in the Fowler trade. So and then they have their fourth, fifth, and sixth, and then both their seventh round picks were traded away. So they they're gonna have one, two, three, four, four draft picks next year. And they year may move around in a the little first bit. round, but they regardless, they move around a little bit. But right, so four I didn't know they picks. had a first round pick, which uh, helps yeah. a little bit. The, yeah, the Cooks still, was last year, but, but still, regardless, you have four picks and only one of them in the top three rounds. Right, that's tough, especially if especially if you don't make it. You know what I mean? Right, because if they go. I mean, what's enough for them? Is going to the NFC title game and losing okay for you? Or no. is it Super Bowl or bust? I think you know? Super Bowl or bust. Exactly. So if you don't make it and you gave up all these things to get there, that's tough. I mean, that's just <laughs> my personal philosophy. Obviously, like I said, I, I like Fowler. You explained it extremely well about what yeah. they'll bring to the table and how they'll be able to use them. But I just don't like that. And it's great. It's great for the Jaguars. You know what I mean. That when you're when you when you're a team that's reeling like you are to trade away people and, and gain extra picks. I think that's great. You know yeah. what I mean. Now they have this, this extra third round pick for for the from the Rams, and they have the fifth round pick. Uh, that the, well, they gave away the fifth round pick for Carlos Hyde, but you know what I mean. They have like all these extra picks now that they got that they can revamp their offense next year, which I think that they're going to do. You know what I mean. But uh, that being said, that's a great point. It's a great point. Thanks. All right, let's get spooky here. Ooh. We're gonna get into some some clever things that we're trying. People are like that. These aren't clever at all. <laughs> all right, so we're gonna we're gonna start slashing some teams, my friend. We're gonna channel our inner Michael Myers and uh, slash out some teams that kind of hanging around, maybe not bottom dwellers. We're not gonna be saying the San Francisco 49ers are out of it because obviously, yeah, most likely unless C.J. Beathard starts channeling some Joe Montana. That's that's done. So we're going to talk about some teams that are kind of hanging around, but we're going to knock them out. You want me to go first? Yeah, you go first. I was trying to, I'm trying to bring up this. All right, I'll go first. So was... I am going to slash out, and this one pains me, uh, but I don't mind doing it. I am going to slash out the Miami Dolphins. Oof. And the reason I'm doing that, I don't know what you're doing here. It makes me a little anxious. What's I was happening. trying to bring up the... Uh, the Michael Myers theme The theme, song. is it... 
There we go. Okay. Oh, we're gonna slash some teams out today. Here we go. <laughs> As I've already done it already. The Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins. Uh, so obviously the Miami Dolphins are a team that's hanging around, and I feel like they're really a team that's already done better than yeah. anybody imagined, especially at this point. They're mm -hmm. second in the AFC right now. Uh, with a obviously they just got thrashed. They're four <laughs> and four, uh, so five hundred. 500 record, but the reason, and, and I'm, when I say this, mm -hmm. I'm not slashing them because I think they're going to lose out. I don't think that yeah. at all. I think they're going to still win some few games, mm -hmm. but I think the AFC is so good right now yeah. that the wild card teams are going to be some pretty darn good records. Mm -hmm. And so that's just why I'm slashing them out. I don't think they're consistent enough. I think they'll beat up on some teams mm -hmm. that they should beat up on. They'll probably lose a few of those games too. They'll yeah. probably win a few games that they shouldn't necessarily win. Right. Um, but they're just not going to be consistent enough to get into that wild card position. So I like a lot of the things that I've seen. Uh, I like the way that the teams rallied. Mm -hmm. I know early on in, in our very first couple of weeks, you said you protected the Dolphins to go three and thirteen. Yeah, that's what maybe I, they'll go four and twelve. Who knows? Who knows? But they've already done better <laughs> than that. So, so Miami Dolphins, you just got slashed. You're gone. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Glad you're having fun. With I'm this. gonna have fun with this anyway. So my first slashed team is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Shocker. You've only been <laughs> pooping on the Jacksonville Jaguars hey. the last month. Actually, the last year. <laughs> Gone. Okay, <laughs> and listen to me. Listen to me here. So here's the thing. I've said this from the start, that the Jaguars weren't going to be any, anything. And they, they, the first four weeks of the NFL, they made me look like a fool because they went into New Jersey and beat the Giants at, you know, on the road, and then you have the Patriots come in at home when they beat the Patriots. Uh, you know, they lost a, a nine to six barn burner there against Tennessee in Jacksonville. But then they, then they turn around, they beat the Jets, and then thrash the Jets. And since then, they have lost to the Chiefs, then they lost to the Cowboys, then they lost to the Texans, and now they lost to the Eagles. Four straight losses, and it's not going to get any easier from here on out because they're going to go. Into the into Indianapolis next week, which is a game a lot of people would think they win. But Indy Surgeon, Andrew Luck hasn't been sacked much at all, which is the biggest concern always with Andrew Luck and the Colts. And now he's looking like the the savior again after you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, and then and then you have to play the Steelers. Um, you know you probably beat the Bills, but regardless. <laughs> uh, and then you play the Colts again, and then you <laughs> still have the Titans and Washington, and then Miami. But then you play the Texans again too. So I, I see maybe two or three wins. Out of all of those. Wow. And when they have three wins right now, right? So they're gonna be a five or a six win team in my estimation. It's just I, I don't I don't believe in this offense at all. Blake Bortles turns over the ball way too much, and it's just it's not a good formula. And you saw, I think, in the back of their mind they believe that it's probably not gonna gonna end up the best anyway. So they trade away Dante Fowler to get some picks because that whole offense is just going to be totally rebooted next year. Maybe it's with Jameis. Maybe this is another pick that they have in the draft because it's going to be higher up than they maybe have thought. But yeah. Jacksonville Jaguars, you're slashed. Get out. <laughs> I mean, when you uh, lose your last four games, it's pretty easy to get slashed. Exactly. <laughs> All right, my next team that I'm getting ready to slash. You want to cue the music? Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Who's getting it? The Detroit Lions. Ooh. You're slashed. 
Detroit. Tell us why. Uh, I'm just not the biggest fan. I, I think, I mean, they're three and four. I mean, they are fourth in the division, but obviously the division's extremely wide open right mm-hmm. now. The Chicago Bears are the kings of the north right now with a record of <laughs> four and three. Ooh. So obviously anything can continue to happen uh, going on in this. But I just don't like, other than when I got the prediction to beat the Patriots right, Yeah, that's the only game where I've watched them. I'm like, I'm in. I'm impressed, yeah, I Detroit. Mean. I mean, they did have... Uh, wait, they they did beat the Cowboys, right? Yep. Or was that... Okay, yep. so that was also a good game. In the NFC, which is yeah. a little more wide open than I think people might think. Consistent enough to do it. Mm-hmm. I think they their win over the Packers is a total fluke. Yeah. So obviously they have that game over the Packers, but they're still behind. And I just think they're not going to be able uh, to to go and do that. They haven't played Chicago yet, and I think Chicago might sweep them. I won't be surprised. So I'm going to say the Detroit Lions uh, right now this year, you're getting slashed from me. Bye, Detroit. It's been fun while it lasted. Even though you're 1-0 in the division. <laughs> uh, okay, all right. I like this. So my second slash team is a little bit of a shocker, I think. For some people, yeah. But we're gonna we're gonna stay in the division there, and uh, we're gonna slash the Minnesota Vikings. Ooh, all right. Minnesota Vikings are getting slashed, and it's it's not because I don't like the pieces that they have on their team. I'm a huge Kirk Cousins fan. Yeah. Uh, I love Stephon Diggs. I love Adam Thielen. I just I've seen them in the games that matter, and they can't do it. They, you know, they tie the game against the the Packers, a game that they should have lost, you know, yeah. without the, the the bogus roughing the passer call. They get housed by the Buffalo Bills at home, uh, <laughs> uh, and then when you then, just have to hold on to that, yeah, right, right, right. And then then you go into L.A. and you lose to the Rams, and I think it looked a lot closer than it really was, in my opinion. Okay. The Rams had control of that most of the game, and then you, game. you win a close one on the road against Philly. Uh, then then you beat the Cardinals, which isn't some, anything to be super proud of. Then you beat the Jets, which isn't anything to be super proud of. And then you get, I mean, the 30-20 does not show how much the Saints dominated the Vikings in that football game. Yeah, you know, they were clo- it was close all the way up into the third quarter. And then, you know, they, then they the, the Saints scored again. And then Kirk threw that pick six. And from then on, it was just the Saints were in coast mode sure. just trying to run out the clock i just i don't i'm looking at their schedule and it doesn't get any easier because this week they they you know the lions and the vikings would be a very very intriguing game to watch this week to see which one of them because we both slashed them um uh but then you have to go on the road against chicago late in the year then you have the packers coming in then you go at gillette to face the patriots then you go at seattle to face the seahawks and then, and then you have the Dolphins coming in, which maybe could be a reprieve. Then you have to go at Detroit and then another division game against the Bears to finish out. I just yeah. don't see them winning enough games to pace against the Packers and, and, and the Bears, who I believe in a lot this okay. year. So I just, I'm really sorry to do this to you, Minnesota, but you're done. Slashed. Slashed. <laughs> I want to ask you this real quick, and I don't okay. want to talk about it too long because we're, okay. we're coming up on our hour mark, so we're going to start right. winding things down here. Okay. Did the Minnesota Vikings make the mistake of signing Kirk Cousins this offseason? No. Okay. We don't have to get too much into it. I think they made the right choice. I just don't think this year's the year they do it. Okay. Yeah. Cool. 
All right, we're gonna go and keep on our scare, scary track. <laughs> player, I just want one player. We're just gonna do a player each okay. that we would be most afraid to go up against. Not us personally, but like okay. as people are getting prepared for a team. What is a player that's like, oh man, this guy, I'm scared of him. Should we go with that? I guess mine's kind of traditional, but I'm gonna have a, an untraditional reason for it. I'm terrified of Aaron Rodgers. Ooh, all the time. Okay, but I am even more terrified of Aaron Rodgers after how his season has gone, where he just hasn't gotten the chances to put games away. Yeah, and you look at how like every person in the world thought, oh, they won the game because he has it, and he didn't get it. Yeah, you think how mad Aaron Rodgers has to be that he didn't do it? Yeah, and all the people are like, well, he should just won it then. I am terrified. To play an angry Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I just... on And his stats this year are unbelievable, too. 13 touchdowns, only one interception. And people are freaking about it, but Drew Brees only has one pick. So does Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. The efficiency is off the charts. And I just... I would be so afraid to have to play Aaron. And I think, you know, they have a big game coming up. Sunday night. Sunday night against the Patriots. It'll be a big test. And I just... I would be so scared to play Aaron Rodgers as angry as he has to be yeah. going into the rest of the season because I think that he's just about to go on a tear. I love it. Yeah. Did you, and this is kind of summing up, this isn't even super important, I could talk to you about this off, off <laughs> okay. the show, but I loved it. Did you see the Michael Jordan tease? Yes. Oh, I loved it. I loved oh. it so much. But I don't know if anybody saw it. Look it up on uh, on Twitter. We'll put it in our show uh, notes. Yeah, and uh, LeBron tweeted, retweeted it too, and he was like, oh yeah, I'll be there. Oh, wait. Because the, the video was Michael Jordan talking about best versus best they're wearing the same number who's better than who and it sounded like he's talking jordan lebron, LeBron. and then it said sunday night and then it played the music and Aaron it was rogers and tom, tom brady. brady i loved it i loved but, it too. uh yeah that's cool i think it's really oh i will say this to wrap up the aaron Rodgers yeah. thing where they are in the season so they're three three and one yep obviously we've mentioned it numerous times in the last handful mm-hmm. of minutes the division's wide open it so really is, I, though. I do trust the Packers to be and they, able to And they have this. one up on Chicago already, having one week one. Right. So. I think, it, but what I wanted to say about that, it's about this time of the year with how this record's going that we're about to get one of those famous Aaron Rodgers quotes. Yeah. It's going to be a, R-E-L-A-X. we can run the table, R-E-L-A-X. Yeah, I wonder That's what, about to come I out soon. Going. I mean, and it's going to have to, because Sunday night at Gillette, and then they play the Dolphins, but then they play the Seahawks. They still play the Vikings, which even though I'm slashing them, that's still a tough game. Absolutely. Um, they, they still play the Vik- They still play the Falcons in that offense, uh, and then they still have most of their division games left. So it's not right. going to be easy, but it's there for the taking with Absolutely all these is. games left. It's just going to be a very intriguing division to see how it shakes out because right. it might not like we've been accustomed to the Packers or last year was the Vikings getting in like 12 and 4 3 13 and 3 this might be a division where it's going to be like that like 9 6 and 1 yeah. kind of thing mm-hmm. so we'll see what happens but I mean it's definitely anyone's for the taking but I agree I trust Aaron Rodgers yep. I'm not just trying to say that as a as a Packers fan but I think if there is somebody in a in the, the division that's weaker yeah. like that I trust the Packers to get it done. I love that. I thought you were going to go defense, and that yeah. makes my pick really easy. Okay. Because I thought you were going to say my guy. Okay. And I was going to say Devontae Adams, just okay. to be a little bit different. Going Aaron Donald. All right. I mean, this guy is on pace for just, I mean, he's already having a monster year. I think it's yeah. fun to, because we're talking about players we fear the most, but you yeah. talk about Aaron Donald, and you use the word monster. 
he can just game wreck. He obviously yeah. had such a huge impact in getting the win over Green Bay with that sack of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. He's just always around the ball. You very rarely block him, and he just makes plays oh, when he, you need to. Absolutely. So, yeah, my, uh, who, who are you scared to go up against? I can't imagine being a guard or a center when you're getting ready to play that team. I feel like you have to have nightmares. So I wish I had a sound effect to play, but, yeah, I'd be really scared too. <laughs> Aaron Donald. And then my consolation prize, since I, that's who I thought you were going to go with, I was going to say Devontae Adams. Okay. Just because I feel like I think he's really started to prove oh, yeah. uh, that he's a number one that guy. That combo is terrifying of the two of them. <laughs> I, and I love that. And, and maybe I could be wrong. Somebody could call and, and argue with, this, with me. He doesn't do anything spectacular. Okay. You don't look at Devontae Adams and anything jumps out. You're not – he's not – He's not a Tyreek Hill speed yeah. guy. He's not a Calvin Johnson height guy. Yeah. But he does just good football moves. And that's why Aaron Rodgers connects with him because he uses his route running and he's not burning anybody. Yeah. Very rarely does he break anything off, but he gets just a few yards of separation and is able to take that for a few more yards after the catch. And that's why that combination's deadly. If there's anything spectacular that he has, it's his football IQ and his connection with Aaron Rodgers. Yes. And both those things scare me. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right. right. We have one more Halloween segment to get All to. Right. And we're going to unmask yeah. some things. We're going to unmask some uh, teams that uh, are hanging around that are contenders, but we're going to call them pretenders. Because they are. First, are you pulling up a, a sound? Because I already, I already had one in mind. You did? Yeah, it wasn't this. It's not the Monster Mash? <laughs> no, it wasn't. Not that I'm upset about the Monster Mash. But I had a really cute idea, and you ruined it, so thanks. I'm sorry. You can bring one up. No. Okay. I was going to play the Scooby-Doo music. Oh, that's a pretty good one. Do, do, do. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, well, now it's ruined. Well, anyway. So I'm unmasking <laughs> the Cincinnati Bengals. Okay. Yeah, so let me say this, because I do feel like they will win the division. Okay. So I think they're gonna they're gonna continue playing well, but the reason I'm unmasking them as okay. pretenders, yeah, is because I don't think I think this is gonna be another year where they get to the playoffs and they lose instantly. Oh. I don't think they can hang around in those big games. I think we okay. saw it on on Sunday okay. on Sunday night. Correct? It was a Sunday night game or was it Monday night against the Chiefs? It was Sunday night. It was flexed. Okay, yeah, it yeah. was flexed. You're right. Sunday night, and they just threw up a stinker against... <laughs> and don't get me wrong. The Kansas City Chiefs defense has been turning it on. This yeah. isn't the team where yeah. they've been like, play every person against them because they're just going to perform right. super well. Right. But they're still not daunting. No, absolutely. And Andy Dalton just didn't get it done. He was Andy Dalton. That makes me so sad because I just don't understand. Like I said, I think they win the division... I think they're just going to be a pretender when they get there. So I'm pulling yeah. the mask off of the Cincinnati Bengals. And uh, Marvin Lewis, just get out of town. Get out of town. What? What oh. Pulling the mask off. You and the darn dog. Get out of here. Okay. Darn dog. Yeah, the Scooby-Doo. They say that all the time. I don't think they say darn dog. If it weren't for dog. you rotten kids and your darn dog. They, you don't no? watch Scooby-Doo. That's not what they okay. say. Anyway. <laughs> wow. Anyway, I'm on... Unma- <laughs> I like how we had slashers in the same division, and now we have mask maskers in the same division, because I'm unmasking the Baltimore... Ravens. Uh, I know. And I'm still on. It's so unfortunate that I had to recall. Oh, was it last week? It was, was it just last week that I said, "All right, I believe in you." I still said they weren't going to make the playoffs. I just said that they were going to be there. 
I'm unmasking you, man. I just no, you're wrong. They 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 go into Carolina and there's all this talk about oh the Ravens are gonna shut down the Panthers. They're gonna be great. They're gonna and you just get crushed. They did. You get crushed they by that did. team. You can't deny that and, whatsoever. And, and I'm looking at it and I don't think a lot of their wins are that impressive. You beat the Bills week one against Nate Peterman. I don't think that's impressive at all. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean it's like, my own team. Yeah, we're yeah. bad. Regardless, uh, and then you get, and then it looks like it was a close game against the Bengals, but the Bengals handed you hand, handed one to you there on Thursday night. In it. Um, and then you beat the Broncos, which isn't super impressive. Uh, the Steelers win would have been more impressive had not have been Week Three when they were really not that doing. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I still that's pivotal. Uh, and then then that's you important. lose you lose to the Browns in overtime in a twelve to nine game. Yeah. Uh, shutting out the Titans is impressive, but you haven't even been that big on the Titans I'm all year anyway. So, uh, and then the Saints beat you in a game that probably should have gone to overtime. Yeah. But, you know, you lose to the the big team, and then the Panthers just blow you out. I think they're going to lose this week against the Saint, the Steelers. And then they play the Bengals again, which I think they'll lose to. Yeah, then they, they have the Falcons, who I think they'll lose to. The Chiefs, who I think they'll lose to. The Chargers. So I already called it four or five more losses. I mean, they definitely do have a daunting they schedule. They have a daunting up, schedule coming sure. up with not much reprieve other than maybe the Raiders that come into town and the Bucks that are coming into town and then the Browns week 17. But regardless, I just... I'm pulling the mask off of you, Scooby Dooby Doo. Where are you? You darn dog. <laughs> <laughs> That's never been said in a Scooby Doo episode ever. Regardless, <laughs> uh, pulling the mask off of you. Yeah. The okay. pumpkin is smashed. Can't uh, can't argue with that. I mean, that's fair. Mm-hmm. Great points. Oh, man. Well, that makes me sad. Regardless, I don't know if I totally agree, but you make some great points, and uh, mm-hmm. I do agree. I didn't realize that their schedule was so scary coming up. Yeah. That makes I mean, me scared. I mean, they, they, they have a lot of tough games coming up, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. Let's get into some cold reads, my friend. All right. Cold I want reads. you to go first. Really? Yeah. Is that because you don't have any cold reads? I kind of <laughs> forgot them. <laughs> I'm going to be thinking about it. Okay. So... My cold read goes to Cleveland again. This is going to be the third time we're going to talk about Baker Mayfield. And I thought that this would be apt because we've talked about it again and again about where they end up and where Baker Mayfield ends up. And I want to give you a chance for a reprieve on previous cold reads. We've talked about Baker and we've talked about their schedule and their wins. Do you think that the changes are going to positively impact those predictions or negatively impact those decisions? Oh, I definitely don't think they positively impact them at all. Okay. Um, so right now the Cleveland Browns are at a whopping two, five, and one. Correct. Uh, so yeah, I feel like my original, I said they were going to win six, Mm -hmm. six to eight. I now move that down to five to six, possibly, Yeah. maybe. Uh, so I think I'm still sticking to, I'm not going to retract anything that I said about Baker. Mm -hmm. I think that outrageous stat line that I said uh, mm-hmm. Way back when, everyone you asked me is going to to be around that ballpark. Um, but yeah, wins. I think this this doesn't help them get wins at all. Okay. So I mean, I think they're not going to lose out. I think that'd be pretty tough. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I've had a lot of chances to uh, retract my things about the Browns. I've stuck with them thus far, mm-hmm. but I just think with what we know now, gonna say it's gonna be a, more difficult to get those wins. So I'm gonna say give them two two to four more. Not more than that, though. So not much of a difference. Not not too much, but they they don't win as much as as we talked about them possibly doing. Okay, okay. Uh, my second one. I'm trying to pull this up. 
Uh, maybe we can get Stack Guy to help us pull this up real quick. Want to go to Stack Guy? Yeah, let's get Stack Guy. All right, thanks, Stack Guy. All right, Stack Guy helped me pull this up because I couldn't find it. But we're at the halfway point of the season. Yep. And we're going to the race for the number one overall pick. Ooh. Right now, we have the San Francisco 49ers sitting at one and seven. Yep. Uh, and then the Giants at one and seven for the second pick. Yeah. Raiders one and six for the third. Cardinals two and six for the fourth. And the Buffalo Bills two and six uh, at, at the fifth overall spot. Yeah. Out of these five teams, which one do you believe will end up with the number one overall pick in the 2019 NFL Draft? The New York Football Giants. Oof. Going with them. Uh, so they're able to get that quarterback okay. that they desperately need. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I... For as much as you can believe in a one and seven team, I do believe yeah. in the Forty Niners. Yeah. I think they'll they'll win a few more. They have a lot of good pieces, and you saw it yeah. on the Monday night game against Green Absolutely. Bay, where if they have that defense clicking the way they can, it can be really terrifying. And Shanahan knows how to scheme it up, and they have a home contest this Thursday night against the Raiders. The Raiders, so they <laughs> could win that one. They have a they're hosting the Giants in a few weeks, which I think is a that's yeah. a big, and I'm picking the San Francisco 49ers in that game, okay. and that's a key okay. turning point for me. That's right. one of the big reasons why I, I do say the Giants because okay. I think if they if San Francisco traveled to New York, it could be different. The fact that it's in San Francisco for me is a is a big pivotal okay. point to to picking that. So yeah, I think the New York Football Giants uh, picking first overall, they're gonna be able to get whoever they want okay. on that. And knowing the Giants, they'll do something stupid and trade out of it so they won't get that quarterback. But, you know, whatever. All right. We'll see what happens. All righty. All right, I want to talk to you about uh, the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. So a while ago uh, when Earl Thomas broke his leg, yeah. we said, rest in peace to the Legion of Boom. Yeah. And obviously the Legion of Boom is not there anymore. Right. But this defense, I don't know if you've known or anybody's been paying attention, but they are clicking and they're on fire. I'll give you some stats here. All right. Opponents' points per game, 16.8. That's first in the NFL. Opponents' yards per game, 311.8. That's fourth in the NFL. All right. Touchdown to interception ratio, 1.3. Tied for fourth in the NFL. Wow. So this is a team that if if, if we're kind of traveling back in time, play defense, run the football. I love that. Hopefully, we saw it last week. Pete Carroll's now committing to one of his three right. running backs. Right. Give the ball, feed the rock to Chris Carson. Yeah. Tell me about what you think of this Seattle Seahawks team. Well, for one, I hope that he keeps going to Chris Carson for my fantasy team's <laughs> uh, fate. That being said, I, I I thought we agreed on this at the beginning. Of the year. We thought Chris Carson was going to be the guy out of the backfield that was really going to take control. I thought you were high on Rashad Penny. Uh, but yeah. I thought it was going to be Chris Carson, and I thought they were going to roll with him, and I thought it was going to be, you know, Marshawn Lynch of 2012-2013, run the ball, and Russell, you know, distribute it where you can. And they struggled early, you know, two and three start, but they've won two straight. And I was going to rate, I would, I didn't, I'm glad you pulled up the defensive stats, because I was going to rave about Russell Wilson and how good he's been in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. But I didn't realize their defense is that good, and I think... You know, Seattle is that sneaky team. And the reality is, I I don't have, obviously, the stats for this because this is a cold read. But in all the seasons that they've roared and made the playoffs and made their runs, they started off really slow. And then they made their runs and got together near the end of the year. And it looks a lot like that. And I'm not, you know, they're probably not going to win the division with 8-0 LA. Right. And they lost that really pivotal game that was a really tight game a few weeks ago against the Rams. But... 
Seattle's that team that could sneak in there because you're looking at all these races here and you're looking at, you know, Carolina's... So they're not going to win the division. So you have to look at everybody else who's going to be second in their division. Sure. You look at Carolina or New Orleans. At the New Orleans is six and one. Carolina's five and two. Uh, then you have this mess of an NFC NFC North with Minnesota, Green Bay, and Detroit all you know four wins for Minnesota and then three for Green Bay and Detroit respectively. And then the dumpster fire that is the NFC East right now. It's you have you know Philly and Dallas right there at four and three wins respectively. So Seattle's a team that can sneak in there in the wild card and. I anything goes with Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson in the playoffs. I believe in them a thousand percent. And you said it last week in your pals picks. I believe in Russell Wilson and Russell Wilson. It's just I love when the Seahawks are good because I love Pete Carroll. I love Russell Wilson. He's one of my favorite players in the league. And you know Ty Lockett's brought it on. Doug Baldwin's gotten better and more involved in the offense. They found you know a somewhat more consistent tight end threat in Amara Darboro and using Nick Van Nett too. And hopefully Chris Carson keeps rolling like you mentioned. And then you have David Moore, this young wide receiver who's just catching touchdowns left and right. Yeah. So so yeah, I it, quietly they're they're one of the one of the toughest outs in the NFL still, and I, I I'm happy about it. I'm happy for them. There we go. There we go. I like that a lot. Yeah. All right. For my second cold read, this one might be a little tough. I don't know. Actually, maybe okay. you'll think it's super easy, but I okay. think it it could be a tough question. So we're gonna. I'm talking about two teams that are second in their respective dis- divisions. Okay. Going one AFC team and one NFC team. Okay. One you just brought up, the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. Five and two. Yeah. On a pretty good. Uh, I mean, they won two in a row, so it's not necessarily yes. a great win streak, but they're they're mm-hmm. getting hot. Cam Newton, obviously, we've been all over. If Cam is yeah. hot, he's hot. And right yeah. now he is. He's enjoying football. He's handing footballs out to fans. Mm-hmm. It's great to see. Going to the AFC, we have the Los Angeles Chargers, 5-2, and two, coming off their bye week. Yeah. They're on a four-game win streak. Phillip Rivers is also hot. He has all of those weapons. Melvin Gordon only going to continue to get healthy, especially coming yeah. off that bye week. So, obviously, they're looking up at their division leaders, the Chiefs and uh, the Saints, who each have only one loss, respectively. So, let's pretend that neither of them win the division. Okay. Which team would you rather be right now? The Carolina Panthers or the Los Angeles Chargers? See, I thought you were going to ask me which one has the better chance of winning the division. Nope. I just want to know who you'd rather be. That's a really tough question. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, between the two, I'd rather be the Chargers, probably. Okay, interesting. Because I feel more confident in the Chargers' chances to beat up on the rest of their division than I do in the Panthers to have to play the Saints still two times. Okay. And the the Falcons and even the Bucks are a tough out, especially now if they're going to have Fitzmagic under center. But that being said, I love Melvin Gordon. Just I'm so happy that Melvin Gordon, after that, that, that tough rookie season, where he couldn't find the end zone has just been so hot, and he's been incredible. I think Melvin Gordon. I'm sorry, I don't want to interrupt. Yeah. but it's really. I think Melvin Gordon, for as good a year as he's having, I think it's gross that he's getting so little attention. Yeah, and the reality is, is you know we talked about it. I we talked about the Saquon effect a little bit. Oh, I think a couple of days ago, where you know on the ground in terms of rushing he hasn't had anything really crazy it's yeah. mostly been through the air and catching and while Gordon has had that he's also running the ball really well too he's yes. doing everything for the football team and 
you know, you have that, and then you have Philip Rivers, who's just always been so good. And I, you know, we talked about him on our show last week too. Yeah. And it's just he's been incredible. And then you have Keenan Allen, who's healthy. You have Mike Williams, who's coming on now, uh, second year player, right? He was a first round pick last year, last I believe. Year, yep. Uh, and then you have Tyrell Williams, who, excuse me, came on strong last year. It's just you have all these weapons on offense, and then you have all that all that talent on defense too. Casey Hayward, underrated. Joey uh, Bose is, is coming back. You have Melvin Ingram. It's just you have all these pieces, and you know you're only you lost to the Chiefs already once before, but you're only two games behind them in the win column, one in the loss column. Right, either of these two teams could. You know what I mean? Claim the crown. But that being said, I just I would much rather be that their team right now, even though you know Cam's a little bit younger. Then fill up, and you know, if you're asking which team I'd rather be, you know, San Los Angeles Chargers Whoa. are gonna, I caught myself, are gonna have to be in the market for their next quarterback pretty soon here. That being said, I just, I, I believe right for in, this year, I believe in their team way more right now than I do believe in the Carolina Panthers. I so, dig it, I yeah. dig it, I agree. Mm-hmm. All right, great answer, my friend. Yeah, let's get some pals picks going on. All right. Pals picks. Oh yeah. All right. I'm gonna let uh, you ask me first. Right, since yeah, I asked you first last week, and I ruined the fun by circling. But they're not circled this. They're week. not circling. I promise, because <laughs> I felt legitimately bad when you're like, "Oh, okay. I'm sad that uh, you you did it for me." So we're gonna uh, recap so, of last yeah, week because it was kind of sad. <laughs> uh, yeah, Adam went uh, one and two. I went two and one. Unfortunately, uh, I should have got that Packers pick right. Should have definitely. I agree. Went out on a limb on the. I went out on a limb on the Browns pick, and I'm not that upset about that one. I mean, I, I said I was wondering if you would do the emotional thing, yeah, and you did. I'm but, an emotional guy. So I'm in the lead once again by a tiny bit. Uh, our records right now are 11 and 13 for me, and you are 10 and 14. So, so I have bad. a little bit of leeway room. So, so uh, bad. Let's uh, see what happens this week. All right, so we're traveling down to a team we just talked about. Carolina Panthers yeah. are at home, and they're hosting. The newly captained by Fitz Magic, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There we go. Now, uh, makes me happy that Fitz is back for a lot of reasons. I know I haven't necessarily been the biggest proponent of advocating for Ryan Fitzpatrick or anything like yeah. that. Well, with and I'll, <laughs> what a great <laughs> sentence that was. What I love most about him is the team rallies around oh, him. Oh, they really respond to him. And he just brings such a fire and a passion that Jameis Winston doesn't bring. Yeah. Now, obviously, Jameis Winston had a terrible game, and I know yeah. you hate him. You don't hate a whole lot of people in this world, but for, you know, you do him. I think that fire is big, and that's going to be really important. But with this game, I'm going to go with the home team. Okay. I'm going to take the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. I think, like I we just talked about, Cam is hot. I think he will be better against... The Bucks' defense, then mm-hmm. Ryan Fitzpatrick will be against Carolina's defense. Okay, That's fair. what it comes down to for yeah. me. I think the matchup. match Fitz will do some good things. I think it'll yep. be exciting. I think the team will be excited to have him out there. But yeah. I just think right now Cam will do more against their defense than Ryan will be able to do against Carolina's defense. All right, fair enough. Moving on to uh, the second of the two Heavyweight clashes in the AFC North. It's Steelers traveling to Baltimore to face the Ravens, who I unmasked. There we go. You unmasked them, yet I'm rolling with them. All right. Now, this could be the very last time that I picked the Baltimore Ravens <laughs> if they screw me over again. But, yeah, I think I think it's really important that they're at home. I think they did a really great job of 
beating them in Pittsburgh, and you said yeah. it was week three, Steelers were who knows what, but I you don't discredit that. In these okay. divisional games, especially between well, no, these two teams, yeah. they did really well. And this has been a rivalry where the last five, six years, like this has been like single point or like yeah. single possession win yeah. games where Baltimore broke that. And yeah. I feel like they were able to show like, hey, we beat you up and we're going to do it on our home turf. Right. Now, if we, I I won't be surprised whatsoever if they come out and, and stink it up. But I, I believe, I've said it every time that I've had to pick the Ravens, I believe <laughs> in this offense and yeah. they didn't necessarily show it last week. And the reason I, I said we'd come back to this when talking about Ty Montgomery is because as much as I love Alex Collins, I feel yeah. like he's fumbled away his job. Okay. So I think it's going to be real interesting to see what they do, especially now acquiring Ty Montgomery. Yeah. Uh, they're going to be getting back Kenneth Dixon, who I've been, over the years, I've been, been a huge him, fan yeah. of Kenneth Dixon. Yes. So um, I'm, I'm going to go with the home team once again and pick All the right. Baltimore Ravens. All right. Two home teams. Now we're going to go to Monday Night Football, and we're going to go to one of the more interesting games, in my opinion, of the week. Newly acquired Amari Cooper Cooper of the Dallas Cowboys makes his debut on Monday Night Football in Dallas against the Tennessee Titans. Where are you going? Okay, so logic with saying how the Cowboys have performed at home should say that I picked the Titans, but you know how low I am on the Titans. Yes, sir. And I think the key thing you just hit on it is going to be the addition of Amari Cooper. Absolutely. Because I think if Cooper wasn't there, this defensive front of the Titans, which are is very good, I can't yeah. take that away from them, would be able to gang up on Zeke and do a good job of containing him. But I think the addition of that wide receiver out there and I think I think if Garrett's an intelligent coach, and yeah. I don't know if I necessarily think he is, but I okay. think they're going to kind of be, do that thing where they're going to get Cooper hot real fit, okay. fast. They're going to throw Good a couple ball. of those first ones are going to be right to him okay. to get him out there. I think they're going to be not necessarily difficult passes, but a few slants, maybe just a go route to throw it deep. Yeah. He's not necessarily a burner, but he can he can run just to show like this defense, like hey, we have this piece. I know he hasn't been here right. that long, but we're going to yeah. get him involved. Uh-huh. So, and I think that will be able to allow Zeke to eat. Zeke has obviously been doing better in the passing game this year than in years past. Yes. I'm going to roll with all three home teams. Again? And I feel like, Did you uh, do that last week? Or no, we no, all went all road teams all last, road week. Teams last yeah. week. All right. So we'll see what you do with yours. But yeah. All right. That's pretty good. Solid. So just to recap, Josh went Panthers at home against the Bucks, Ravens at home against the Steelers, and Cowboys at home on Monday Night Football against the Tennessee Titans. All right, my friend. Uh, pounding, turning Pals picks over to you. Falcons traveling to take on the Washington Redskins. This might be, and you gave me some tough games. I did. <laughs> you did. I got the luxury of picking first this, this time. This might so. be the toughest one in my opinion because Ooh. because we talked about in the last couple weeks where, and I said that I thought uh, after the Washington win, I, I said I thought, okay, well, Washington may have just won the division there. And I was ready to almost call them pretenders and unmask them yeah. this week. Interesting. But that was a very, very convincing win. And I know it was against the Giants. But in MetLife, you really kind of handled that team a lot. Your defense, it's just, you know, they're sitting there at 5-2, and two, top of the division. I want to pick them at home. But I find it hard to believe that Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Tevin Coleman couldn't have cracked the code during their bye week. So I'm going to roll with, with Matt Ryan. Matty Ice, the match rule. I really think that he walks into the Washington and he says, no, like, 
Don't forget about the Atlanta Falcons. We're yeah. still a good football team. Our offense is incredible, and I believe that that Maddie gets it done against the against Washington. I love it. New York Jets traveling to take on the Miami Dolphins. Uh, another tough football game to pick, really, because both teams are three and five. Sort of. Uh, Miami's four and four. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> well. Anyway, Miami's <laughs> going to be five and four. I think that. I don't, I don't know who's starting. Is it going to be Brock again, or do they know? I don't think they've announced it. This has been the timetable where like Ryan Tannehill so, will come back. In my but... mind, Tannehill comes back, and that's what writes the ship. But even if he doesn't, I really believe that the Dolphins at home can get it done against the New York Jets. And it's just Sam Darnold started off so hot, but then he's reverted to a rookie quarterback. And For sure. I'm, I'm, it's sort of bittersweet because I'm, I'm glad to see it so that people can get off all the quarterbacks' backs, and I'm not just saying that just because I'm Josh Allen and I'm a Bills fan, but all these guys are going to take their lumps. They have to figure it out. Sure. It's very rare that quarterbacks come in their rookie season and just light it up. Okay. And so I, I believe Sam Darnold's going to have a great career in the NFL. I just I think that he's just going to continue to struggle, and I think the Dolphins are going to kind of ride it a little bit here. I still think that they don't end up being contenders sure. in the end, and I believe in your slasher, but... I think they get it done at home this week. All right. Last pick, and this for me is the toughest yeah. one. The Los Angeles Chargers traveling up to take on the Seattle Seahawks, two teams that we talked about and you praised both. Yeah, they're both very hot right now. And I'm going to go with the Seattle Seahawks at home. Okay. I really think that 12th man. Seattle's won two in a row. That 12th man's roaring. Chris Carson's going to get going. And Russell's kind of figured it out in these last couple weeks. Not a lot of turnovers and a lot of touchdowns. And I really, really feel that as much as I love the Chargers and I think that they will continue to be good and they'll make the playoffs and I believe they'll win a playoff game, I just don't see them traveling into to that stadium and, 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 and winning. It's just so hard to win, especially when... You know they're four and three, two in a row. They're the, the fan base is is ready to go for this team. So yeah, I'm going Seattle at home. Love it. All right, recap Adams picks. He has the Atlanta Falcons beating the Redskins in Washington, and then the two home teams, the Miami Dolphins defeating the visiting New York Jets, and the mm-hmm. Seattle Seahawks taking care of the Los Angeles Chargers. Mm-hmm. I always like AFC NFC games. Those always are interesting. Yeah, yeah, because there's not a lot of crossover all the time. So, all right, so. Rounding down the episode here, and I went first last week, so you're going to go first this week for All friends' right. fortunes. I'm going to leave the room. Get the heck out of here. <laughs> and Josh is going to hit you. All right. We're both going to get them right this week. Here we go. All right. It's just me in the room. Uh, my friend's fortune almost so closely came true, but like I said, I'm glad it didn't because I'm high on Adam Thielen. Remember when we did our wide receiver ranking? I didn't think I'm four. Somewhere like that. Regardless. Moving on. We're week nine, and we're going to go with my Green Bay Packers. Obviously came off a heartbreaking loss where Aaron Rodgers, as Adam said, he was pretty pretty, uh, pretty fuming hot and angry about that, that loss. And I think that's going to translate as they go on to take on the New England Patriots in Gillette. Now, Gillette is obviously an extremely difficult place to play in, to perform, but that defense, I don't know if anybody realizes how well they did against the Los Angeles Rams. The Los Angeles Rams obviously scored 29 points, uh, 27 if you take away the safety, uh, against the Packers. But this was the third highest scoring team in the NFL going into that week. Jair Alexander turned it on against uh, 
against the Rams, and I was really excited to see that rookie corner take up that step after coming back from from injuries and playing so well. I think I'm going to double down on this. I think the Packers not only win the game, but they're going to hold the New England Patriots to under 24 points. I feel confident in that. I think they have a lot of good pieces to match up with the pieces of the Patriots. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to get it done. Uh, obviously, I'm not going to say that Aaron Rodgers is the greatest ever play, but I think he's going to prove right now that he's the better number 12. And uh, Michael Jordan, uh, feel good about, about Aaron Rodgers. Let's get Adam in the room. Okay, friends fortune, week nine. Nathan Peterman, starting quarterback, isn't going to throw a single interception against the Bears. Just kidding, that's not... We're not going to go there. Anyway, actual friends fortune here. So the last three weeks... Pittsburgh Steelers running back James Conner, who Josh and I both love, out of University of Pittsburgh and also McDowell High School in the APA where we're from. Last three weeks, he's had over 100 yards and two touchdowns in all three wins for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, I still believe the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to win this week, but James Conner is going to have under 100 yards rushing and zero touchdowns for the team this week. Now, that Ravens defense is tough, and I unmasked them, and I slashed them, and all those things, because I don't believe in them. That being said, the defense is solid, and I think that the Ravens are going to lose to the Steelers, but the Steelers are not going to do it behind James Conner. Again, he had three; he's had three straight weeks of over 100 yards and two touchdowns, and this week, both of those streaks end where he goes under 100 yards rushing and zero touchdowns. All right, so we're both back in the room, and we are ready to wrap this up. So uh, Week 9. Week and 9 in the NFL. Uh, we are in the second half, so like we said last week, enjoy it while it's here. It Don't. was really a great, great football weekend. I really, you know, we didn't get to sit down and watch all of it, but we watched. We did it. We got, to, got to hang out, and it was a good weekend. It was a solid weekend. But uh, with that being yeah. said, uh, enjoy Week 9, everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you so much for listening. Make sure you like, share, comment. Get, get at us if you want to be on the show, if you want to ask questions, things like that. Let us know. Absolutely. Happy Halloween if you're listening to this on Halloween. If, if not, hope you had a great, safe, happy if, one. If not, Merry Christmas. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> That's about to be coming my life, so thanks. <laughs> Wish me luck with that one. Uh, everybody, thank you so much for listening. God bless.